Uh, we're in lesson number 99. If you're following along in the curriculum, uh, lesson number 99. Or if you just want to follow along in the Bible, uh, we'll be in Matthew 24. We're still in Matthew 24 as we uh, uh, notice uh, some things going on here. Of course, uh, as we kind of we, we began this lesson uh, Wednesday evening, uh, started Matthew chapter 24. We talked a lot about the background uh, that's going on here. A lot of things. Uh, going on, and we just want to kind of review uh, where we were. Again, this is Tuesday of Jesus' last day, and uh, he, uh, of course, is, um, is going to be crucified here in a, a couple of more days, and he is leaving the temple for the last time. Uh, he's leaving the temple, and we re- remember the disciples are admiring the beauty of the temple. Right? It's beautiful stones, just everything about it. And uh, Jesus, you know, mentions to them that, uh, you know, of this place, you know, not one stone is going to be left upon another. And, of course, the, the disciples are intrigued. You know, what does this mean? What's he talking about? And really the key to this chapter is verse 3 of Matthew 24. Uh, because uh, this is often referred to as the Olivet Discourse. Uh, they, as they leave the temple, they go up on the Mount of Olives. They, they're, they're overlooking the temple scene. And the, the disciples are going to ask... Um, well, specifically for the apostles, James, John, uh, Peter, and Andrew are going to ask uh, a couple of questions. They're going to say, well, Jesus, tell us when these things happen, referring to uh, the temple being destroyed. Again, those stones not being upon one another. And then they ask, and what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? And again, you know, when they're asking this question, they are probably thinking that you know, all of these things are going to happen at the same time. Right? That the temple is going to be destroyed and that, the, and that Jesus is going to return and that the end of the age, is, end of the world is going to happen. And so in their minds, they're thinking all of these things are going to happen at the same time. But Jesus, as he gives us uh, the answer to this question, and again, this is the longest discourse in Scripture. This is the longest answer Jesus gives to a question uh, in Scripture. And so that's, again, why we're spending so much time here um, He's going to talk, he's going to use some apocalyptic language. Again, he's going to kind of talk in these signs and codes that you and I, uh, we might not understand right away. Uh, we, we would have to study the Old Testament to, or to understand what he's talking about. But the Jews of the day, they, they're going to know right away what he's talking about. And we'll look at some examples here in a moment. Um, he says that... Um, and again, we also mentioned this, right? That there's many, there are many false doctrines out there that permeate from this chapter. Uh, there are those who believe that none of this has come to pass, and they refer to themselves, or they're labeled premillennialists, right? The, sort of the doctrine of the rapture comes from uh, this group, uh, who says that you know none of these things have come to pass. Um, and then there are those who, on the flip side, they believe all of this has come to pass, that Jesus has already returned, that Jesus has already judged. And, um, and so, again, we want to understand that uh, when we break this chapter down, Jesus is talking about two different things. He's talking about the destruction of Jerusalem at the, first, at the front end of the chapter, and then he's talking about the end of the world, his second coming at the end of this chapter. Uh, you know, we, we might ask ourselves, or somebody might ask ourselves, well, what's it really matter? You know, whether he's talking about one or the other, you know, but 
Have you ever driven down the road and you saw a sign for, you know, maybe a church that's sponsoring, you know, their Bible class and they'll say something to the effect of, you know, come study the book of Revelation for, with us and we'll unlock the mysteries of the Bible, right? And a lot of people will, uh, a lot of denominations will try to draw you in with this, you know, these, these mysterious, um, you know, mysteries within scripture and, um, you know, their, their focus isn't to talk about Jesus, but it's to talk about uh, these things that might intrigue, pe- intrigue people, right, to, to come in and listen. And, and, and so, you know, we want to understand when we're reading through these uh, verses, again, that uh, there's, um, there's a clear delineation between the, what Jesus is referring to as the destruction of Jerusalem and what he's referring to as the second coming. Um, I wanted to point this out as well. You know, our Bibles, our, our translations that we have, our, the, the publishers of our translations, they'll sometimes give us a little bit of that, um, you know, that hint of uh, premillennial uh, doctrine. You know, if you have your Bibles open and, uh, uh, you know, you might look at Matthew chapter 24 and, you know, in the case of my Bible, you know, the publisher has its own title that it puts at the beginning of the chapters. Again, this is not inspired, but this is there. Uh, their judgment, their um, writings, and it says, starting at verse, or at, at the beginning of the chapter, it says, signs of Christ's return, right? And so they're labeling verses 1 through 14 as signs of Christ's return. Well, again, we studied that Wednesday evening that, you know, again, this is talking about the destruction of Jerusalem. This isn't talking about Christ's uh, return to his second coming, and so, again, we need to be very careful about these things because even, you know, the publishers of Bibles will, uh, you know, throw in uh, some of this uh, false doctrine as well. Um, I use in my, and I'll just throw this out there too, in my uh, studies, I, I have a Bible, it's called an inductory Bible. Um, basically, it doesn't have those titles. And so, uh, you know, you don't get that, um, you know, you don't get the, the publisher's sort of uh, uh, flavor of, you know, what's going on here. You know, it, it helps you to uh, study the scriptures for yourselves and to make your own, you know, judgment as to what's going on here. And so I just want to mention that. But so let's, uh, let's uh, jump in because I know we're short on time this morning as we continue this, this idea of uh, the destruction of Jerusalem. And then on Wednesday evening, we'll finish out the chapter talking about uh, the second coming uh, that he refers to. So let's, uh, let's just begin in verse 15 of Matthew 24. This is where we left off Wednesday evening. Uh, verse 15, Matthew 24. Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation, which was spoken of through Daniel the prophet, standing in the holy place, let the reader understand, and those who are in Judea must flee to the mountaintops. So, if you remember, if you weren't with us on Wednesday evening, uh, Jesus went through and said, okay, before the destruction of Jerusalem, again, he's answering that first question they ask, uh, when will these things happen, these things take place? When will this temple be destroyed? You know, Jesus said, uh, he, he talked to them about these things that are going to happen, but they aren't going to be the, the sign of it. Uh, you remember he says there's going to be these false Christs, and there's going to be um, rumors of war and wars. And there's going to be famines and there's going to be um, earthquakes, uh, these natural disasters. And he points out all of these things that, hey, uh, these things are happening going on in the world. But this is not the sign of the end of the, the temple, the end of Jerusalem. 
And, uh, <clears throat> but here in verse 15, he gives them the sign, right? He, he says, again, let's look at that again. Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation, which was spoken of through Daniel, the prophet, standing in the holy place, let the reader understand, then those who are in Judea must flee to the mountaintops. All right, so what is this abomination of desolation? Abomination of desolation. And this is that apocalyptic literature language that we just spoke of that Jesus is using from the Old Testament, bringing it into the New Testament, and uh, again, uh, speaking in these terms that the Jews would understand, right? Uh, you know, we might, if someone said, you know, something to the effect of, you know, during, um, you know, the time of Adolf Hitler, you know, if you said something to the effect of Hitler, everybody knew who Hitler was, right? Everybody knew. The Jews know exactly who this abomination of desolation is. Again, it's you, for you and I, it's a little bit harder to understand that because uh, we didn't grow up maybe uh, studying the Old Testament scriptures as uh, the Jewish people did. And so Jesus, what, what prophet does Jesus tell us uh, this comes from? Daniel, right, Daniel. Uh, we often think of Daniel as, um, you know, this, uh, this great book where they, uh, you know, we, we talk about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We talk about Daniel and the lion's den, you know, the, the fiery furnace, all of these great stories that we teach our kids. But chapters, you know, 7 through 12 in the book of Daniel are highly, highly prophetic. Uh, it's all prophecy. It's all apocalyptic language. And we don't necessarily study those chapters as well. But in Daniel, uh, in Daniel chapter 9, verses 26 and 27, uh, Daniel is prophesying about this, this abomination of desolation. Uh, chapter 11, verse 31. This is the one I, I wanted to read. Uh, Daniel chapter 11, verse 31. Uh, Daniel writes, uh, forces from him will arise, desecrate the sanctuary fortress and do away with the regular sacrifice and they will set up the abomination of desolation. The abomination of desolation. And again, to the Jew, they understand what this is right away. Uh, but to us, we don't necessarily know. Thankfully, uh, this, this account is written in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And so, thankfully, we can go to Luke's account, and, you know, we'll find out who the abomination of desolation is. Uh, turn with me to Luke chapter 21. And this is a great uh, example of, you know, how we study the Bible, you know, Bible interpretation. Uh, go to the Bible and see, uh, you know, what these things say to help us put these things uh, together. So, uh, Luke chapter 21 uh, verse 20 tells us here, it says, Jesus says, but when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, then recognize that her desolation is near. So according to Luke, who is the abomination of desolation? It's these armies, isn't it? Which armies is he referring to? The Romans, right. The Roman armies. When you see the city of Jerusalem being encompassed, surrounded by the Roman armies, as Matthew says, uh, Jesus records the, the abomination, the desolation, uh, he's going to tell them to do some certain things, right? 
let's look at those. Verse 16, uh, we just, well, we kind of hinted at this. He said, then those who are in Judea must flee to the mountains. Verse 17, whoever is on the housetop must not go down to get the things out uh, that are in his house. Verse 18, whoever is in the field must not turn back to get his cloak. Verse 19, but woe to those who are pregnant and to those who are nursing babies in those days. Verse 20, but pray that your flight might, uh, will not be in the winter or on a Sabbath, for then there will be a great tribulation such as has not, has not occurred since the beginning of the world until now, not ever will. So Jesus tells those that he's talking to, again, when you see the abomination of desolation, which, you know, obviously he's referring to this great army, this great Roman army. When you see Jerusalem surrounded by the Roman army, he says, get out of town, right? Flee, run to the mountains. Um, if you're in the field, don't turn back. If you're on top of your house, don't go in your house and get your things. Uh, woe to those who's, uh, who's pregnant or nursing babies in those days, right? Because it's going to be a lot harder for you to get up and leave. Uh, he even said... Uh, Pray that your flight, your fleeing, will not be in the winter or on a Sabbath day. Again, um, because those days are going to be tougher for you to do that. So why is it evident that, based on those verses there, that he's talking about the destruction of Jerusalem and not the end of the world? Yeah. Why would he say to not go back and pack a bag if this is in reference to, you know, the destruction of the world, his second coming? Why would he say flee to the mountains? Why would he say to uh, that it would it would it would be tougher for you if you were a woman who was pregnant or nursing a baby at that time? Exactly. Yeah. That, 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 no place to run out from God. Yeah, exactly. That, that's exactly the point, uh, that we are definitely talking about the destruction of Jerusalem in these passages because um, there was no, there would be no point to flee to the mountains, right, if this was uh, the judgment day, right, if this was the end of times, if this was when Christ is returning. Um, and so, again, this, this is the point I want to make with this verse here. Um, do, do you and I need to worry about the abomination of desolation today. We don't, do we? Because that was the Roman army. That was in AD 70. It's in reference to the destruction of Jerusalem. And again, um, you know, that was the sign that Jesus gave them for when that was going to happen. Right? And so when you hear people talking today about the abomination of desolation, uh, again, they're, they're sort of spinning this premillennial uh, doctrine that, you know, it hasn't happened yet. And you need to be on the lookout for this, this person or this thing, uh, this, uh, this antichrist. You know, they might connect the two there. Uh, but again, the, or excuse me, the abomination of desolation, Jesus says, uh, is the Roman army. You know, he even says there in that verse 15, when you see him standing in the holy place, right? And, uh, and so again, that's pertaining to the destruction of Jerusalem. Uh, let's look at uh, verses 21 through 22. Uh, for when, or excuse me, for there will be a great tribulation such as has not occurred since the beginning of the world until now, nor ever will. 
Unless those days had been cut short, no life would have been saved. But for the sake of the elect, those days will be cut short. So, you know, Jesus, you know, once they know the sign, he tells them, again, to get away ASAP. And now he begins to describe the nature of this coming event. And he calls it what? A great tribulation. Right? A great tribulation. And, um, <clears throat> excuse me, and again, you know, that's, that's, a, um, that's a phrase that you read about in the book of Revelation. That uh, a great tribulation. And so again, uh, people want to connect those two things. The end of the world and a great tribulation. But again, Jesus is referencing this great tribulation of happening uh, in the days of the destruction of Jerusalem, AD, AD 70. Uh, because again, look at verse 21. For then there will be a great tribulation such as has not occurred since the beginning of the world until now, nor ever will. And you know, we don't often talk about um, what happened on, in the year AD 70 just because you know, Scripture doesn't really record for us what happens uh, but we, you know, we see a lot of prophecies that Jesus talks about it. Uh, so we have to you know, kind of go outside the Bible to learn some things that happened in AD 70. And um, there's a historian who lived during the time by the name of Josephus. And Josephus, maybe you've heard of him uh, because he, he was a Jew. He wasn't a Christian, but he was a Jew. But he records a lot of uh, Jewish history uh, at that time, and you know he lived during this time period, and so uh, in his his writings uh, we have a lot of them today, um, uh, and he he talks about how uh, during this this um, this time period that you know 1.1 million Jews lost their life uh, during this again this great tribulation of the Roman armies coming into Jerusalem because they were tired of the revolts that were going on by the Jewish people at this time. And so they just come into Jerusalem and they wipe it out, set the, set, set the city on fire, the temple on fire, just completely wipe out uh, the, the, the Israelite people, uh, the nation. Really, it's no longer going to be a, a nation, uh, really, up until um, sort of our modern uh, time. And, um, you know, here's something significant that I always remember from that event. Uh, you know, what, what did the Jews especially pride themselves in, uh, you know, was their, their genealogy, right? Uh, of, you know, that, that they were a Jew and that they were from the tribe of Judah or they were from the tribe of Dan or, or Asher or whatever. That was very important to them. Well, where do you think all of those documents were kept? In Jerusalem, at the temple, right? When, they, when it was destroyed... All of those things were wiped away, right? destroyed, uh, set on fire. Uh, nobody today could um, you know, trace their lineage back to uh, you know, any of the tribes of Israel right? because all of those things have been destroyed. You know, this was, again, this was God's punishment on the Jewish people that all culminated at this time. Uh, again, 1.1 million uh, Israelites, Jewish people lost their lives because of that. How many Christians do you think lost their lives? It's reported that zero Christians lost their lives during this siege, uh, during this 
a great tribulation. Why? Because they knew what Jesus told them, right? When you see the abomination of desolation surrounding Jerusalem, get out of there. Um, Run, flee to the mountains. That's what he says again in verse 15. Let the reader understand, you know, what, what he's talking about. And so, again, there's just so much that's happening here. Um, again, this great tribulation is not a future event that's still to take place, but it happened in AD 70. Uh, let's finish out th- these verses 23 through 28. Uh, then if anyone says to you, behold, here is the Christ, or there he is, do not believe him. For false Christs and false prophets will arise and will show great signs and wonders so as to mislead, if possible, even the elect. Behold, I have told you in advance. So if they say to you, behold, he is in the wilderness, do not go out. Or behold, he is in the inner rooms, do not believe them. For just as the lightning comes from the east and flashes even to the west, so will the coming of the Son of Man be... Uh, Wherever the corpse is, there the vultures will gather. And so, you know, Jesus says, you know, right after that event, you know, again, here's these false Christs that are going to come start popping out again. And he says, don't believe them. Don't. uh, If they say he's in the wilderness, go out. Don't go out there. If they say he's in the inner room, uh, don't go out there. Uh, Verse uh, 27 in particular. For just as the lightning comes from the east and flashes even to the west, so will the coming of the Son of Man be, right? And what he's saying is, when I return, you're going to notice, and it's going to happen like a flash, right? You're going to, it's going to be noticeable. Uh, let's, let's look at verses 29 through 31. This is probably the hardest um, section in Matthew chapter 24 uh, to, again, to wrap our minds around because Jesus is bringing back this apocalyptic language he's going to use. And so, again, here's a, a section where... Um, a lot of us uh, might have trouble, uh, you know, with, or a lot of people have trouble with, and uh, but again, we want to make note that this again is referring to the days of the destruction of Jerusalem in year seventy. So, uh, verse twenty-nine, Jesus said, uh, "But immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give its light, and the stars will fall from the sky." And the powers of the heavens will be shaken. And then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in the sky. And then all the tribes of the earth will mourn. And they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of the sky with power and great glory. And he will send forth his angels with a great trumpet. And they will gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of the sky to the other. I don't know if your translation does this, but mine will capitalize a lot of the words in this section, you know, anything that pertains to the Old Testament where somebody is quoting from the Old Testament, it'll capitalize for me. And so that lets me know. Again, I, I use the New American Standard uh, Bible, but that, it, that's really helpful for me because I know what's going on here is that, you know, Old Testament language is being quoted. And I know some of the trans, a lot of the other translations don't do that. And so sometimes, you know, you, you got to spend a little bit more time and study to understand that that's what's going on here is that Jesus is using language from the Old Testament. But he's using language that uh, really uh, is used quite often in the Old Testament to refer to catastrophic events, right? Uh, you know, the, the sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give its light, the stars will fall from the sky. You know, this is, again, apocalyptic language. It's figurative 
language. It's not meant to be taken literal. And so what he's saying here is, you know, when uh, the destruction of Jerusalem happens, you know, uh, again, God has, he has, um, his judgment has been placed on the, the Jewish people, right? For, for, not, um, for not repenting, for not uh, coming to uh, Jesus, for crucifying him. And we can understand, again, that this is in reference to the destruction of Jerusalem. Uh, you know, verse 29 gives us a big hint because he says, but immediately after the tribulation of those days. Again, it doesn't say uh, sometime way in the future these things are going to happen. But immediately after that, uh, if we skip all the way down to verse 34, hopefully we'll get to this verse here in a second. Uh, verse 34 says, uh, truly, I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all these things take place. Again, uh, if you like to draw in your Bible, I suggest, you know, right between verse 35 and 36, you know, you put a line, uh, the line going up saying this section is in reference to the destruction of Jerusalem. You know, the line going down, this section in reference to the second coming. Uh, that's just, that's an easy way to, uh, again, to delineate uh, these two discussions that Jesus ha is having. And, uh, and so, again, Jesus said that immediately after, these, uh, after the tribulation in those days, these things are going to happen. Again, this isn't Jesus' second coming um, because it, this happened in AD 70, according to Jesus. This generation will not pass away until these things take place. And so, again, apocalyptic language, right? You read through the book of Revelation, and that's... <laughs> The book of Revelation, that's all you're going to read about are these, um, these quotes, these references to the Old Testament. And that's, and again, it's harder, and I keep saying this, but it's hard for you and I to understand uh, because we didn't talk, we don't talk like that, but they did. And so they understood that here Jesus is saying that this is just going to, it's a day of great tribulation, that, that the destruction of Jerusalem uh, and during that time, it's going to be as if the, the stars were falling from the sky and the, the sun is darkened and the moon will not give its light. Um, let's look at verses 32 through 35. Jesus is going to give a parable here, a quick parable. It says, Now learn the parable from the fig tree. When its branch has already become tender and put forth its leaves, you know that summer is near. So you too, when you see all these things, recognize that he is near right at the door. Truly I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. So, you know, again, just like when the fig tree gives its leaf, you know that, what's he say? You, you know what's happening? You know that summer is near? You know, just, just like when you see that, and just like when you see these things happening, Again, he says, you know that uh, the destruction of Jerusalem is going to take place. Again, he's answering that first question that the uh, apostles ask. Well, when will these things pl take place uh, when one stone is left, not left upon another? <clears throat> we, we only have about five minutes left, but that's okay because we really just want to touch on verse, uh, the, the, verse 36 here. Because again, here, here's that very important verse because now Jesus is going to switch Directions. Now he's going to answer the second question they ask. Uh, what will be a sign of your coming and, and the end of the age? And so look at verse 36, because uh, this word here is very important. He says, but, but of that day and hour, no one knows, 
not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father alone. In the previous section, the destruction of Jerusalem kept saying, in those days, in those days, in those days. But what's he say in this verse? But of that day, right? That day. Um, often when you know, the, the Bible writers are writing about that day or the day, it's about what? Yeah, the, the, that day in the future, right? The, the, the second coming, the day of judgment. And so now Jesus, again, he's changing directions. He's changing questions. He's, or he's addressing that second question they have. But of that day and hour, no one knows, right? I just gave you the sign of when the destruction of Jerusalem is going to come. But now of the day that I return, I can't give you a sign. Why? Because... He says, not even the angels know when that's going to happen. Not even I, the, the Son of God, is going to know when that happened. But only my Father alone knows that. Um, it's going to be unannounced, right? And then look at verses 37 through 41. These will be the last verses we cover. But um, this is just more justification for this. He says, for the, for the coming of the Son of Man will be just like the days of Noah. For as in those days before the flood they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark. And they did not understand until the flood came and took them all away. So will the coming of the Son of Man be. Then there will be uh, two men in the field. One will be taken and one will be left. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken and one will be left. And so, again, really the emphasis here that Jesus is saying is, again, you're not going to know when... Um, you know, I come when I'm going to return. All right? they, they ask for a sign of when you're going to return, a sign of the end of the age. Jesus says, you're not going to know. I don't know. But you're not going to know. There's not going to be a sign for that. It's going to be like in the days of Noah, right? The people are going to be going about their business, eating and drinking, and then the floods are going to come and wipe everyone out. And, uh, you know, they had no idea. Um, he says that there's going to be two people in the field, right? They're going about their business. And one's going to be lifted up by the angels, uh, right, to uh, go to heaven, and one won't. Uh, two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken, and one will be left. And again, the emphasis here is that we have to be ready for that day. We've got to be prepared for that day. And that's really going to be uh, the, uh, the next lesson as we finish out chapter 24. Is That's going to be the emphasis when we get into Matthew 25, that's going to be the emphasis because Jesus is going to give that parable of the ten virgins. He's going to give the parable of the talents. He's going to talk about the judgment day at the end of Matthew 25. And that's really going to be the theme as we go forward the next few classes is we've got to be ready. We've got to be prepared. So I uh, appreciate everyone this morning. Um, I really enjoy that this class seems to be getting bigger and bigger each Sunday. Um, I know a lot of you aren't able to be with us on Wednesday night because you, maybe you're in a different classroom, but uh, hopefully you're still um, following along. And uh, again, appreciate that. And uh, Brother Danny, uh, you still have, you have a closing prayer for us?